0: Our best defense has been social distancing. No handshaking, staying home when you're sick, washing your hands frequently.
1: Did you wash your hands?
2: Welcome to a special edition of Old Fashioned Health on The Real 1100. As we continue to deal with the coronavirus pandemic that has affected the world over, your hosts Alvin and Edmund will be joined by medical professionals that will keep you informed, safe, and healthy inside and out. And now, here are your hosts, Alvin and Edmund. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? This is Alvin. And Edmund. He what's on,
3: going on, people? How y'all doing? Here on the Old Fashioned Health Show, Good Health Inside and Out. Y'all, we got a full house show today. We got Dr. Alexander should be calling in Charlotte. We got Dr. Hines. And we have a special guest, Ernest the III is going to be on our show. Yes, yes. He has an amazing story. He's a school teacher. He's, he's really a fun person. Real fun person There's a lot of stuff That's happening in his life But he's All together He's a very fun He reminds me Actually of my (laughs) co-host Really? Yep He reminds me of my co-host We'll see what that that energy is like Yeah yeah, yeah. So y'all Please tune in Stay stay with us all day today
4: We got some good stuff going on um, Today So uh, How you enjoying the weather? I'm enjoying the weather. I'm taking it, you know, for what it is. I have no complaints over it. You know what I'm saying? It, okay. it, it you know, it's cloudy, it's breezy, it's, you know, um, sunny at certain points. Feels but good, it, all it, all it, all it. it's Mother Nature. I let whatever sh- outfit she want to wear. I let her wear it. Uh, I like that. <laughs> What's she wearing today? I like that. Yeah. I like that. Well, today is kind of like a arm sleeve out, sleeve in because it's mm-hmm. kind of cool and kind of sunny. Yeah. So I it's like, like a like a one shoulder type effect. <laughs> listen, to that, listen to that fashion stuff coming out. You know, every time somebody comes in the studio, we've had people
3: in and out of the studio this week, right?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Every time. This one this one lady came in uh, the other day with uh, a buddy of mine that came by. Brought his girl, girlfriend by to see the studio. And she's like, I can wear that dress right there. You know that dress that you have that's in the studio? She yeah. said, I can wear it. She kept yeah. looking at the she it. Uh-huh. She said, oh, yeah, that, that'll, that'll look good on
4: me. I said, okay, well, you can get it off with a low. Yeah, so, or, but, uh, or or have one possibly custom designed, custom you know? Design. Just you know, let's let's, um, let's speak to what the function is and, and
3: make it happen. Nato Nato was walking in the studio. The other day, he said, "When she gonna change her clothes?" I was like, "I don't know," because I
4: thought we she gonna change her clothes too. T- tell Nato I said she's she's preserving the look right now. <laughs> well, we, no, we we we're actually uh we'll be bringing some new wardrobe material up to the studio to uh put on display, you know. Yo, so we call this show where health meets fashion. Edmund,
3: of course, is a renowned fashion designer. And I myself consider myself trying to be as health conscious as possible. We've been really um, hitting these juices a lot lately. Yes. You know, some people juice wrong. They juice a lot of fruits and that,
4: that uh, fruit sugar is not good for you. And you have to make them aware of that because I like fruit, you know, as well as vegetables. But... Mm. More so the taste of fruit. And mm-hmm. I had to be made aware that, you know, sometimes that consistency of that sugar element mm-hmm. can be too much. Too much. To, yeah. um, so, what I've learned to do with my juicer and mm-hmm. my little small time of having that <laughs> is uh, I incorporate, I'm, I'm, I do a hybrid. I mix my fruits and vegetables. You just yeah. got to know which ones to mix. We got to know which one to mix. Yeah. 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 So, um, whatever will kind of mellow out the the uh, flavor for Mm -hmm. you or the taste for you and the acidity acidity whatever (laughs) because uh, what I did discover the other night I put too many acids together I had like orange juice and I had grapefruit juice and And I had lemon lemon. I put all those other things in there the cucumber and the, the ginger and things of that nature but it still was too potent in this its taste and flavor yeah and that's like the first drink that i actually had that i didn't that i made that i didn't care for the mixture or the recipe of it mm-hmm. but it wasn't the worst i'm trying to figure out where i would place that particular drink it it, it has somewhere to go because it wasn't the worst so yeah. i'm thinking either it's like maybe if you have like a cold or something uh um, so it's high with vitamin c is what you're
3: saying yeah yeah so you know, I think what with have curve that I'm just thinking about mixing flavors. I bet if you had put a cantaloupe in there, it would have took some of the citrus taste it, out. It, will have. it would have. It'd have
4: brought it down. It would have. That I've word? I've yet to I've yet to juice cantaloupe and watermelon, but I'm wondering, can you juice cantaloupe? It's like you, you could put. Almost anything. Only thing I was told not to put into a the banana. juicer is a, and that was by you, a banana. Mm-hmm. You said that it will, which it probably would. I mean, the consistency of it is already mushy. No, but what I did put in there, I put a mango in there, Yes and it did some of the same, but it came out like a puree. Okay, I,
2: but it was I got still a quick good. Question on that. What's up? What about a frozen banana?
4: Yes. Now I'm gonna tell you that you
3: know that putting you know that stuff I be making all the time. And the you put that in your reno. juicer. So this is what you do. No, 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 not oh, in I juicer. Like That's like what a, that's what your ninja blender. Yeah, that's a ninja. So you know that the. Okay. bowl okay. that they be making all the time. This is the secret to making an acai bowl, and okay. they so good. <clears throat> you are right, Greg. You got you have two frozen bananas. You put you a mango in there. A mango. Yes. Okay. And put a lemon in that. And it t- if y'all like lemon meringue pie, that's what it tastes like. And just put a little about a fourth of a cup of almond milk in it. Okay. And you blend it in there like like you do a smoothie, and it comes. It looks like a pudding. And then you put it in the in the freezer for just about five minutes. Put you some granola on there. Man, that thing tastes just like a lemon
4: meringue pie. So that one's different than the other one, the aseabo? Yeah, so they use, it's just, they
3: use more of a berry. It's more of a berry so flavor? Get, yeah, you can get the acai packages and put okay. it in there as opposed to putting the mango. You can put the acai package in there. Okay. Or you can put the acai package and the mango and in the, in the frozen banana. but The frozen banana is what makes it in the almond milk, not okay. juice.
4: Okay. But almond milk and just about a fourth a cup of um almond of an almond milk and it makes it like a pudding. Now, which almond milk should I get because they have the was it the the I guess unsweetened So or I the get, original and then they have so the sweet. I usually get the unsweetened. Vanilla. Because- I get I get the vanilla uns- unsweetened
3: because uh the fruits and stuff already have enough sugar in it. Yeah. But I mean, you can get the
4: uh, sweetened one if you if you choose Well, to. I was thinking not only for that purpose, but for other purposes, too, like to replace milk. I don't do milk anymore. Okay. I used to love milk, and you it, know. And they don't love us. But, yeah, no. no. They don't but, love us. But um, I've tried a few of the other type milks, and none of them really gave me exactly what I was kind of looking for. For, you know, one of them kind of the flavor of it was more of a. The almond milk? Maybe. So, the, so have you so you tried the almond milk, but you didn't like the way that one tastes? Maybe I think the almond milk out of all of them thus far is more of a Yeah, I gravitate more towards it than the other. Okay. So I'm gonna tell you, I make my
3: own almond milk whenever I whenever I decide. If I I can make I've made my own almond milk a few times. What so, is what is it? <laughs> so it's real easy, y'all. I'm telling y'all, it's really, really easy. And you can make you will start doing this, you're gonna start doing it a lot. Really? Because you can make it the flavor you want. All right, it's it's real simple. You get one cup of almonds. You soak them overnight. The next morning, you pour the water off of them. You put three, four cups of water in your blender, and you put the almonds in there. Okay. You get you some, um, um the sweetener, you can use honey or you can use
4: dates. Okay.
3: And you blend it up in there. Now, this is where you can put the In flavor. the blender? In the blender. I mean, in the uh, Ninja. Ninja. Yeah, you put okay. Ninja or blender. And you put it, uh and you put, you can either put vanilla flavor in there to get the vanilla flavor you can put whatever flavor you want and that's the flavor you will get. Now once you blend it all up, you take uh, like a uh, cheesecloth. You pour the liquid over a bowl and the cheesecloth is going to catch all the husks from the almond. Okay. Squeeze it off real good. Put it in the refrigerator and you got yourself the best almond milk.
4: Really? I got I got to try that cuz I'm I'm loving like
3: creating.
2: I just I just looked at and I, and the first one of the first ones I saw is how to do it without a cheesecloth.
4: Oh, you can do it without
3: a cheesecloth. You can use a strainer. A strainer or something, something else that's similar to a cheese. I don't use yeah. a cheesecloth. I use a sifter, and just let it sift, let it, and then mash it with a spoon to get all of the. Liquid so I'll tell you out.
4: what, since you since you have given the listeners that information, mm-hmm. I'm going to challenge you to like put together that recipe and put it on the website so they can link into it, check it out, and get that recipe because so they tell them exactly like how many almonds, yep. how much like I know you said the the amount of water to add, right. and just you know is that like can you put Chattahoochee can, water or can you just, I don't do you, the hooch. Water, as you know <laughs> I don't do the hooch <laughs> I don't it, do does the it, does it uh, change the flavor at all like what's the deal with it no so I
3: well I, because if I'm going to try to do it healthy I'm putting as much as healthy uh, stuff in it I'm exactly. using alkaline water and, and all that kind of stuff
2: I cool. another question have mm-hmm. you tried I know you're talking about like almond milk I don't know if there's a difference with cashew milk
3: so it's not but the, the, there's cashew milk there's almond milk I don't eat cashews uh, so, and I, I'm not a big cashew people person because uh, cashew is not a real nut. That's another whole show I tell you about a cashew is not considered as a real nut.
2: Uh, but, another one uh, that's popular because I've seen it like with the milk mm-hmm. and uh, ice creams made with it mm-hmm. is oat milk. Yes. Now, I've
3: not made that one, but that that's another one you can make is with oat milk. I've not made that one yet. But I think that one like you have to soak the oats or something like that. To get that one done so i had not done that one yet
4: for some reason although i haven't tried it i'm tasting like the milky oatmeal part of your oatmeal and the i guess the protein oh, yeah, 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 powder yeah. taste that one would i don't think would work for me you, uh, um, just, now that's just me without checking it out now if you do it and i and i like it and that's i'm about I'd,
3: to try it because because what you're thinking like i'm thinking like because i'm thinking about oatmeal how it gives that little milky flavor to it well
4: not only a milky flavor it's like a for me personally i taste uh like a Mm, like a powder, almost still mm-hmm. a, the taste of a powdery substance on okay. it. Okay. No, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. You know, the texture of it prior to boiling it, mm-hmm. you know, and cooking it, it's like mm-hmm. if you pick it up with your hands, right. A little, whatever that little element is on it. You okay. Know, whether it be the particles from it or whatever. But when I think milk, I don't necessarily think that. I guess I know what it is. Right. I probably was traumatized as a kid. One time <laughs> I went over to my grandmother's house and I used to love cereal. You know, but my, you know, your grandmothers have different names. Well, back in the day, I don't know Mm -hmm. about these grandmothers now. But they had different terminology for things that were in their refrigerator. And sweet milk was actually, well, we were, regular milk. Mm -hmm. You had buttermilk. Oh, that too. Buttermilk. You had sweet milk. Right. And then you had the other one, which is the canned milk. Or pet carna- milk, or, Pet milk, yes. Yeah, that you make banana pudding with. So if you was over your grandmother's house and you ran out of what they call, quote unquote, sweet milk, which is, to me, it wasn't sweet because I had not tasted anything that tasted less than that right. prior to. But right. I guess they came up on, like, you know— Directly from the cow. Uh Directly from the cow. But make a long story short, we ran out of that particular milk, and my grandma said, well, I'll make you some milk. So she got the carnation milk and put the milk together for me or whatever. But it didn't necessarily go right with my cereal. Because the cereal was already sweet. So now it became, it wasn't wasn't right. Yeah, and then one time I made a mistake and went in the refrigerator and just drank some of the buttermilk and didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. Yo, that was the first and last time I've yet to this day tried buttermilk. You ever had buttermilk? (laughs)
2: No, I've only seen it. In, <laughs> it looks. Uh, it looks, not 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 drink it by itself. No.
4: <laughs> yeah, it looks like too much, too much going no, on. You know what there. it looks like? It looks like when your regular, as Grandma says, sweet milk actually um, expires, and then and it, it clumps, clumps together. Well, I'm gonna tell
3: you back oh. in the day, old people would not the milk. They wouldn't throw the sweet milk away once they, they take it, and,
4: and they turn around and make cornbread with it. My no. my no. Aunt them, they used to make. Now, that part, she yeah. my grandmother made all the most amazing from um, scratch biscuits and ooh, cornbread. Ooh, you said for the people in the back, yep. And she would always put on a, a crock pot of some type of beans to cook consistently because a lot of people would come by. Mm-hmm. And she knew that a lot of people may not have eaten for that day. So, you know, this is what Shit. she offers you. That just give you a little okay. insight to my grandma. Okay. <laughs> I know we didn't intend it's on cool, going that route, good. but no, you got to no, speak no, their no, memories no. and Listen. who they are and work. Yes, yes. You know, yes, where you yes, come yes. from. So, shout I have, out to them.
2: Looking at this one recipe, as far as without a, a cheese cloth, I wasn't sure what that was, but like you said, a strainer mm-hmm. uh, or any fine mesh. Uh-huh. Um, but with this recipe, I don't know where these people are from, but <laughs> after straining, um, straining the liquid through, then I uh, said so add a pinch of salt uh-huh. and, and then and flavoring or right. whatever. But then what's what's left over? I guess the the, the husk. House, the- they use that as. Um, a body and face scrub.
3: You know what I do? with Oh mine? wow! I'm gonna tell yeah, and that's just like almond body scrub. They, that is. But you know what I do with my my leftovers? Okay, now get this. Uh-oh. Uh oh. <laughs> um, what I do with mine? Doctor, I say in a minute. I'm gonna tell y'all what I do with mine. It's good. I you like sweet potatoes?
4: Yes, love sweet potatoes.
3: So when I make sweet my, potato pie,
4: okay, and sweet potatoes okay, but uh,
3: I, but I you like pie. this okay? So when I put my sweet potatoes in the in in the oven and everything, okay, I put that rub, the rest of this left, toss it around in there with some uh, vegan butter on it and, and uh, bake it, and it's like a crispy sweet potato with almond around it. Really? It is so The weird. skin? Because mm-hmm. the husk from the corn, the, the husk from the walnut is like flakes.
4: And then you put it, you you braid it with your sweet potatoes, and you and you bake it. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying what's you actually the edge or the skin of the potato. You're not speaking on that. You're talking no. about the actual potato. The potatoes the when potato you when ones. you dice it up. Okay. And okay. You, you toss it oh, around. Oh, okay. And you put it in, you
3: put in the air fryer, and it makes like a, a crust around the sweet potato.
4: Nice. And it is so good. I'm gonna have to try that. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to get that one to try. And that air fryer, man, that thing is off Ooh, the chain. Oh, ain't that serious? That thing is off the chain. I just like I have I had one for. Uh, over what, about two years now, if not more. Okay. And um, I've used it a couple times, but not to the degree of my understanding of the things that I can do with it and how quick it is. It's and amazing. you put me up on the 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 um meatless joints. Now. The Beyond Meat? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, plant-based. Plant-based. Plant-based, let's just say that because there's many different products. Yeah, and, and you we're know not they don't endorsing like... one particular one unless they would like to be a sponsor here at Old Fashioned <laughs> Health, where, where health meets
3: fashion, I think food Dr. and everything else. I think Dr. <laughs> Alexander will call in, but we're going to have to do our regular opening, and then okay. we'll play you one commercial, and then we'll bring Dr. Alexander on. We'll be right back. This is Alvin. And Edmund. On The Real 1100. <laughs>
1: Myself anymore. So I invited some of my dear friends to help me sing about freedom and cause it to ring. Lift every voice and sing till earth and
4: Designer Edmund Newton, I'd like to tell you about Enmask.com. Enmask.com is my only source for non surgical cloth masks. I've teamed up with Enmask.com to create and design a collection of limited edition masks. These masks are washable, reusable, breathable, and most importantly, fashionable. Shop online now at Enmask.com. That's E N M A S K S.com for quality masks made in America.
3: All right, y'all, we're back. We're back. This is Alvin and Edmund. And Dr. Alexander, how you doing? What's up, Doc?
0: Hey, I am doing well. How are you, gentlemen, doing today? I heard you were talking about some uh, some plant-based, uh, I guess, meat, huh?
3: Well, yeah, but but my co-host told me don't call their name out because they ain't sending us no check.
0: <laughs> okay, okay, I got, I got it, I got it. Yeah, but that's that's good. I'm I'm glad to hear that. You know, we're all, you know, thinking, you know, healthier and and trying to uh, eat better. Uh, And that just kind of brings me into my segment today, because I think one of the things we have not really talked about a lot is, is, is exercise.
5: Mm -hmm.
0: And, um, you know, I I think I'm gonna have a little different slant on it because, you know, we see all the time, we see all of these trainers out here. And I tell you, I've met more trainers than, um, than, than, than I can even name, uh, recently, I guess everybody wants to be a trainer these days. (laughs) And, um, I, I think that anybody who engages going into an exercise program must really beware of, one, who you're working with,
1: mm-hmm.
0: okay? And you need to really try and figure out what your goals are. Because, and the reason I say that is that a lot of the people who are becoming trainers are not really aware of the real physiology of the body. Um, they may know how to get muscle, and they may know how to give you a program, but they may also hurt you. Yep. And so, what I want you to be careful not to do is, if you have not been exercising, a lot of people have been really down during COVID. They really uh, did not spend a lot of time um, preparing their bodies to come out of COVID. And so, so many people now have what they call the the twenty extra pounds on, or the forty, or even the fifty pounds on. Mm-hmm. And now they want to get back in shape because the weather is nice and warm. <clears throat> you must be careful because. Even though you are a young person, I've had people as young as 27 have heart attacks. I've had a woman that was 23. I had a male that was 27. had a woman that was 23 have a heart attack. had a man that was 39 had a stroke. So we have to be careful. When we go back, you want to go easy. And if you have been sedentary most of your life, you want to take the first three months going easy. Now, what do I mean by that? If you are getting very, very winded when you're starting to get to exercise, Mm -hmm. then you may be starting to do too much if you have not done anything in the past. Mm -hmm. So you want to be able to talk comfortably and you want to start getting your body ready for the tough exercise. Mm -hmm. If you start having numbness and tingling in your fingers and your hands or your shoulder, stop immediately and seek some medical help. I have known people who, as a matter of fact, I witnessed a guy go down who was trying to walk up a hill, and he had a heart attack on the hill, and he was a physician. So, again, people starting to do too much and not realizing that... Some of the folks that we're talking to are a hamburger away from having a heart attack. Now, I know that sounds crazy, but they may be one hamburger away from having a heart attack, and it may be you. So if you know you haven't been eating well, you know that you haven't done um, any exercise, then you must be careful. If you have been exercising in the past and then you had a lot of bad habits, you also must be careful. Now, what I see a lot of the trainers on videos doing is they take people in. They haven't really done a physical exam. They haven't had them go to their doctor to get an exercise stress test or anything. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: And they jump right in with these real intense workouts because they believe that no pain, no gain. And what I'm telling you is you should be exercising for the rest of your life, whether you're 20 or whether you're 60 or whether you're 70, or whether you're 80. My dad still exercises, my mom still exercises, and they're in their mid-80s. Mm-hmm. So whether you are exercising in your mid-80s, or whether you are 20 years old, you are exercising for the rest of your life. So you don't have to get it all in the first two or three weeks. You can take your time, let your body build up, let your body get ready to exercise. Start the stretching get the aerobic going, get the heart roll, heart going, start walking first, go easy. If you know that you have a cardiac condition and you're really concerned, then one of the best ways to start exercising is in a swimming pool. Now, why would I say that? You want to get into a pool up into your chest, where you're at chest height.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: That's where the water should be. Okay. Now, why do I say that? Because at the bottom of the pool, there was a lot of pressure. If you've ever swum before, even as a kid, you go down to the bottom, you know, your pressure you get in the ears. You get that pressure in your ears. Right. So there's pressure at the bottom of the pool. That pressure will serve to push blood as you're walking in the pool, push it back towards the heart, assisting the heart so the heart doesn't have to work as hard. And yet you get a great workout. At your chest, the pressure is around zero. So you can have 80 millimeters of mercury near your feet. You can have zero at your chest, and it works like another pump, assisting the body in the exercise without you having to worry about gravity pulling everything down and you having to push everything back up. So we take people who have had heart attacks, and we put them in the pool. We've even taken athletes if we want to improve their conditioning. Mm -hmm. We'll put these big running backs in the pool, but I'll put weights on them. I'll attach weights. And I tell you, when they finish... (laughs) they know that they've had a workout. So the water resistance will actually force the body to work a little harder, but you'll get the assistance of that extra pump. Now, let's see how much time we got, guys.
3: You still got five more minutes. you good.
0: Okay. So there are essentially what I would say are about three pumps in the body. It is not just the heart. There's about three, okay? One is the main one is the heart, of course. It pumps all the blood. The second one is going to be your diaphragm. And that is a function of how good your lungs are, too. When you take in a deep breath, your diaphragm drops, and it causes a negative pressure inside of your chest. That negative pressure allows the blood to come back from the waist area, even down below the waist, and push it back up towards the heart. That negative pressure. you know, And so when you get shot and you see somebody saying, well, you know, they need a chest tube in them. I don't know if you ever heard, or they've gotten stabbed. Mm -hmm. People need a chest tube. It's to equalize that pressure because it, once you get too much atmospheric pressure inside the chest, you can no longer expand the lungs. Okay. Wow. Right. Okay. So, so, so the second pump is the diaphragm, and that's why, you, you know, we talk about breathing exercise. You want to expand that diaphragm and get it strong so that it can compress everything back and push the air out of the lungs, but then when it drops down, it pulls air into the lungs, and it also helps to circulate the blood in that area. The third pump is in your lower extremities. It's in your, your muscles. As your muscles contract, they push blood back towards the waist, towards the diaphragm, where the diaphragm takes over, pulls more blood back, and then the heart takes over from there. We learned this from soldiers years and years ago when I was young. They used to have soldiers stand at attention for discipline, mm-hmm. and they would stand in one place. And what they found was that these guys, if they ever moved, they would faint, and they couldn't figure out why. It's because the blood would get stagnant in their feet, down in their lower extremities, around their calves, and because they weren't moving, there was nothing nothing to push the blood back up towards the diaphragm, and so all the blood was pooling. It was getting away from the head, and they would faint because when the body, when the head doesn't have enough oxygen or it doesn't have enough sugar or what have you, the first thing the body wants to do is put you down on the ground so it can get it's easier for those things to get to the head when you're lying flat.
3: I've never heard of that before. I didn't
4: know that. We appreciate (laughs) you for breaking. You took us to school, bro. I I was just quiet and just listening and and also taking 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 notes, sitting up here taking notes and I mean... I love when people give a reason and a purpose behind things that-
3: You request us
4: to do. Yeah, like give me the reasoning. Like I've seen this stuff that you are talking about, so many times like you see people in the pool a lot of times it's older people whatever but then you see you know people in the pool period and then you see the athletes and stuff like that that get in the pool and do that but you giving me the the logic in regards to the reasoning behind it and Mm -hmm. how it helps and the pressure you know increases the blood flow and all of that I was not aware of that so now I know that that's something you know to put in my. I like low. the part about the water being up to your chest and, like, I guess if you walk... The pressure's down low. Yeah, so, yeah. Doc,
3: let me ask you something. If you get in a, in a pool of water, make <laughs> sure I got this right, and the water's up to your chest, and you just walk in the length of the pool, you're right. saying that's really good exercise for you.
0: Oh, it's awesome exercise. Um, even people who have... Car- um, congestive heart failure a lot of people in the past have said you know if you have a heart condition and you have congestive heart failure or if you have um, a lung condition like COPD that you can improve that capacity and we have found that if we put people in the pool that they can improve that capacity now it does take time it doesn't happen in a week or two we're talking three six nine months mm-hmm. of being consistent you can actually improve COPD chronic obstructive lung disease, people who have smoked, people who have asthma, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. you can improve the capacity of the lungs to take in more oxygen as well as improve the heart. People who have these floppy hearts, we call it congestive heart failure, These mm-hmm. floppy heart, they will actually get stronger because the heart doesn't have to work as hard, and yet it's getting this assistance with the pressure from the pool. And so not only do sick people get this 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 condition where you can get um, uh, improvement, but also healthy people. We can take healthy people. Years ago, there was a um, an Olympic event where there was a young lady who got hit with a stick, Nancy Kerrigan yeah. and Tanya Harding. I don't know if you, I was involved with that situation because I work with the United States Olympic Committee wow. and I was involved with that situation. And we put Nancy Kerrigan in order to keep her conditioning together so that she could skate later hmm. and she wouldn't lose anything. She couldn't skate because her leg was hurt. So we put her in the pool to keep her cardiovascular system together and not allow her to lose any capacity. And she went out and got a silver medal.
1: Mm.
3: Wow, wow, that was that's good information, Doc. You had really cool us. You. And, and I mean, you've been holding out on man. Even so even much, with so
4: the, cool. the breathing <laughs> element and the diaphragm, and just you know pushing that you, blood to dot. the rest of your body. Edmund yeah. likes to wear weights on his legs all the time, right? <laughs> not all the time, Doc. <laughs>
3: So can, can can we can we put weights on and then walk in the pool? I wonder how that would help. Seem like that would be good.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, what we do is like with with athletes, like running backs especially. Uh-huh. There's so much resistance in the pool, so you're not just walking and and and, and you're walking free. No, you're not. You, you're not. It's not a free walk because you're getting assistance with the uh, with the blood back to the heart. There's resistance. So when you try to walk fast in the pool, you'll see that there's a lot of resistance. But because you're getting so much assistance from the extra pumping, the extra pressure at the bottom of the pool, all your body is benefiting. You're getting more blood flow. The heart's um, getting some assistance so it can actually start to get its muscular contractions back. The lung is able to expand without as much effort. You have a lot more effort when you have gravity and you have this pressure outside of the pool. So when you add weights – you increase the resistance even more and the running backs actually become faster they increase their um their exercise capacity and you know they don't like getting in the pool doing it because it is hard it is very very hard and it's different than what they're normally used to because everybody's used to running on land right Mm
5: -hmm.
0: i'm gonna start
3: doing that in my pool i'm gonna do that i'm gonna give me some weights and I'm going to start walking in the pool later. That's going to be part of
4: my cardio. I get it. Hey, let us know because I, I know it's going to work. Doc, th- again, thank you for all that great information and know-how. Yeah, we we'll appreciate uh, yeah. it. Oh, you know what? Uh,
3: since Dr. ain't calling, I just asked you one question. A lot of times I've had uh, people ask me what type of medicine or what type of practice do you do, Doc? And I'll be trying to explain it to them, but I never get it right. So can you tell them <laughs> what type of doctor you are?
0: You know what? For years, what I did was I I have gone through phases in my practice. I've been practicing for over 30 years. And so I have been doing sports medicine and family practice for 20, 25 years. But I about seven years ago, I started looking into anti-aging at a different level. And so now I do more of the rejuvenative medicine, the anti-aging part. And so I do a lot with the cosmetic end of it. But as well, I also help people with the uh, the internal part. So I don't do as much family practice anymore. I still do sports medicine. But the focus that I'm really into right now, even though on this show we talk a lot about the entire body, because I don't think you can do one without the other. Mm -hmm. You can't take care of the outside of the body and think that it's going to serve you if you don't take care of the inside first. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I never go away from my roots, but I am now more of a cosmetic dermatologist than I am anything else.
3: Okay, awesome. So I know what to, I know what to tell them. All right, so this is my last question. I know we said, because Dr. Hines, I don't think she's going to make it in, call in yet, but we do have another show coming on, another guest okay. on. But but we've got a few more minutes, if you got a minute. Uh, yes. Okay, so we know, so this is a little bit about the COVID thing. We know that the numbers are going down. Can you give us an update of what you're seeing right now as far as the, the stats and the numbers and your thoughts about that?
0: Well, you know, they're all over the place. And so I don't know... Um, You know, there's what you see in the news. And then, you know, when you start looking at the medical journals, you start hearing that there's other variants that are out there. There's one that's coming from Vietnam. There's one from, you know, South Africa. Uh, There is one in Europe. So I think people still need to be very careful. There's still a lot of question, too, as to whether or not any of these vaccines really hit the variants. We do know that one of the variants um, is affected by the uh, vaccine and that's the one from europe but the other ones don't appear to be and so you can actually still get sick again let's go back to the basics go back to our foundation one of the things that we do know from the research and that is not being published publicized in the mainstream media is that if you have your vitamin d up to a level of 37 that the likelihood that you will wind up in the hospital is very low And the likelihood that you will wind up even from there into the intensive care unit is almost zero.
3: Hmm. Now, Doc, you know
0: almost zero. So, not going to stop you from getting it. Uh huh. What's that?
3: I I really believe it because I know I was taking vitamin D, and you know I didn't end up in the hospital. You was you was helping. Yeah, I'm I'm so on board with that one.
0: Yeah, you have to get your level. So have your doctor check your vitamin D level. Uh, If they won't do it, it's going to cost you about $125, $150 to get your levels checked. If it's low after that, they have to check it if you have insurance because you have what they call vitamin D deficiency. Mm -hmm. And so they have to then um, check it for free and they they will follow you, you know, as you get your levels back up. I will tell you that my own personal experience, the best way to get that vitamin D up, and it doesn't matter what type of vitamin D you use, uh, well, it does, you, you need to use vitamin D3, okay. but what brand is not as important, okay, there are better brands than others, but it's not as important as getting 2,000 international units twice a day. There is a physiologic reason why you have to take it twice a day, and that's only 4,000 milligrams a day, For, I'm sorry, 4,000 international units per day. Okay. That is much better than someone taking 10,000 once a day. Okay, you will get a better effect from 2,000 IU twice a day than somebody taking 10,000 or 20,000 once a day. Wow, Doc, And that is an important, important point.
3: Okay. Doc, I, I, I'm sorry. That is, like, great information. Dr. Hines is on the other line with you. You have just really – man, you did good. I, thank you so very much, so very much. I know my brother probably sitting there just clapping because he loved listening to you when you called in.
0: Well, I'm glad it was some good information. You know, we talked about exercise. I know people thought, oh, it's just another exercise program. But hopefully that was going to be helpful. And, and think about it, guys. You are doing this for the rest of your life. So don't stress your body to the point where you're hurting and you can't get up the next day and enjoy your life. If you are hurting so bad after an exercise, you're not going to go back and do it again. So if you have a trainer, it's a great thing to have. But most of these trainers, what I've told my wife, she, she went with a trainer. And I'm going to say this point, I'm going to on. She had a trainer about three years ago. And I tried to tell him, I said, look, she is going to be with you for the next three to five years if you don't kill her. One guy hit her so hard she didn't want to go back. The other guy listened. And even with that, I told her, I said, whatever he's telling you for the first three months, do one-fourth of what he says. I said, if he says do ten of them, do three of them. Mm. and everybody was on me about it and she did that she is now in better shape than me this is she's about five years out she's in better shape than me now because she took her time and she let her body just ramp up to where she was trying to go and after about three months she i think she was about four months the trainer said you know he was trying to push her a little bit she came to me and said well he's trying to push me now I said, your body's ready uh oh! Let them push you. You said unleash let the
4: crocker. Unleash the crocker. Yeah. Thanks, Doc. <laughs> That's
0: right. That's right. Turn, said, turn it loose. All let them right, have you. All right, Doc. Thank you so much. Thanks we so appreciate much, you. Doc. Talk
4: to you next week. Okay. All, All right. right. All, All right. right. All All
3: right. Nice. Take care now. All right. All right, y'all. I hope y'all got the information on fitness. Hope you got the information on that. Really, D. really good information. And we're to round it off with Doctor Hines here. They've called in. We thought you were not gonna make it, Doc. You there? What's going on, lady?
1: been here good afternoon gentlemen how are you all doing today Dude, all right awesome. yeah we
3: were watching the clock i said she ain't called in yet but uh we we, we held it down until you got here so how you been doing how's it going
1: I appreciate it. I am doing great. I hope y'all had a great Memorial Day
3: weekend. Yes. We did. Yes. We did. We did. Very good. Now, I'm going to tell you, I, I don't want to cut you off, but I want you to, the this, this show that's coming, there's a guest that's coming on. I want you to do me two two things. We probably won't go through the full, you know, get you right there at the point, and then he's going to call in. But I want you to listen into the show because I want you to have an opinion about that one. Today and tomorrow, because it, it's important, because it kind of hits on some of the stuff that you've talked about in your practice and racism. And then tomorrow we have a show with this young lady. She's a teenager, and she wrote a book on the stresses of being a teenager. So Dr. Hines is going to be in on that show tomorrow, but I want you to listen in on that one tomorrow too. But
1: anyway, tell tell us what your
3: show was about today.
1: So today I had two guests, um, which was the first for the show to have two guests on at the same time. Um, We had Miss Angela Pearson and Dr. Willa Jones uh, from the uh, Global Women's Peace Foundation Incorporated, okay. which is an organization up in Washington D.C. that works to eliminate, excuse me, works to eliminate um, female genital mutilation, which is a um, very tortuous uh, mutilating procedure that is done um, around the world, actually, wow. uh, where a part, um, a part, or all of the external female sexual genitalia is removed
3: is this intentional you talking about
1: intentionally yes okay um and so children as young as age five have undergone this procedure wow um, yeah and what it is as i said um you know removing uh, the external female genitalia in a purpose to the purpose of um making a female um, marriageable and discouraging premarital uh, sexual relations, uh, discouraging uh, female satisfaction from a sexual standpoint. Um, Yeah, and so, you know, there are lots of problems with this. Um, Several million women have undergone this, I believe, in Africa, about 92 Mm. women. Uh, women, t- excuse me, 92 million women and girls have undergone this procedure. Um, but it happens in, in countries in Asia, countries in Africa, I believe, about 28 countries in Africa, and, and actually has happened here in the United States as well. Mm-hmm. And that was what was shocking um, to me. This, this procedure has absolutely no health benefit whatsoever. Um, it is not... Uh, Codified in any religious text, um, wow. and so you know a lot of people try to justify um, justify this procedure using a religious uh, religious. You know, they try to hide behind religion to justify this procedure, um, but you know there's no reference to doing this in any religious text. Wow!
4: That's
1: and you know sad. it comes with a lot of complications. Um, so, um, of course. It makes urination very painful and very difficult because, in many cases, the entire vaginal cavity is, is, um, is, is closed, leaving only a very wow. small opening for urination. And so, of course, you know, that's not the natural pathway of how it's supposed to go. Um, of course, you know, infection is, is, is a big problem, um, and infection to the point of leading up to death. In, mm. in many cases, um, because in some cultures, they use the same instrument, girl after girl after girl, without any sterilization techniques um, for the instrument. Um, so, you know, this whole thing is just, um, it, it was very eye-opening for me, and uh, in doing my research for the show, very jarring to see what is happening. Um, you know, there is just a... Global assault on girls and women, um, particularly as it pertains to their sexual health and their reproductive health. Um, You know, here in the United States, we talk about the front for reproductive rights when we talk about access to birth control and access to abortion. Uh, But, you know, it goes way deeper than that, even though those are important uh, important topics as well. Mm
3: -hmm. Wow. That's, 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 ooh, Doc, that was a little deep one right there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Today's uh, show was not was not the usual upbeat, informative uh, session.
3: Right. That's that's uh, wow, man. Okay, so uh, yeah, you you dropped us off on a good one. (laughs) So, I know we got this other guest coming that's going to call in in about two or three minutes. But one one, uh, one other thing I want to ask you about uh, that one just completely threw me off. Uh, How how prevalent is this in the United States?
1: So there are about a half a million uh, women and girls who have um, been victimized by this procedure in the United States. Uh, is, um,
4: is that in the hospitals or where is this taking place?
1: No, this is not taking place. This is not a sanctioned procedure that can be performed in a licensed facility. So this is happening in unlicensed clinics, uh, in people's homes, um, you know, Places like that that are not controlled in any in any manner in terms of you know being sterile and you know that kind of thing.
3: Okay. Wow. Okay. So then uh, on that note, Doc, I, I man, all right, uh, you always come with some good information. I mean,
1: I do what I can. Some
3: resourceful information. I put it like that. I don't know. How, that's 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 resourceful, but hard to hear.
1: Well, that's you know that's something. It's hard to hear, but it's something that is good to know because you know we in the United States, look at the things that are happening here, and, you know, it's good to know what's happening outside of our borders as well, and there are ways that we can help. And so if um, anyone, I posted it on my Facebook page, the uh, Global Women's Peace Foundation uh, website. Um, It is gwpfnd.org, and you can get more information and find out how you can help.
4: Okay. And bring uh, this awareness out more. Wow. Yeah.
1: Indeed. Indeed. Awareness is the key.
3: Okay. Doc, thank you so very much. Now, I can't let you go without messing with you just for one second. Oh, my God. Y'all, <laughs> what did, what did I y'all, let me tell
4: you. Oh.
3: This queen and oh. post on Facebook, you should see her with her Polaroid's on. When I, mean, I tell you, she had a nice little glasses. I'm trying to remember the, the Polaroid commercial where the uh, <laughs> model used to, uh, what, was it, what was her name, used to really, really... She was at Foster Grant when they had the, the uh shades. Who not Foster
1: Grant. You should see <laughs> Dr. <laughs>
3: you should see Dr. Hines with her shades on. You can't tell her nothing, y'all. And you keep on doing it, Doc. We shall appreciate you. <laughs> I'm do I'm
1: trying to hold it down for the for the over forty five crew. Well,
3: you're doing an absolutely amazing job. Uh look to <laughs> see you in you the so studio much. next week, young lady.
1: Um, I will try. Okay. You, I will try to do that. Okay. Yes, indeed.
3: All right. All right. Now, thank you so much. Take care. Week, y'all man. have a great week. You, you too. Be safe. Be blessed. Bye Bye-bye. All right. We done had some heavy information today. Yes, yes.
4: I yes, didn't know that lot, was going on. Greg,
3: you heard that show today then, didn't you? Yeah. That That's kind of hard to listen to, ain't it?
2: It's something that I've, I, I've heard about it before, mm-hmm. uh, but as far as no. how it crossed over to the United States. Mm-hmm. Yeah
4: that was
3: surprising
2: yeah that was surprising to me um, on my we just learned
3: to do stuff let's go ahead and take us a commercial break get us one song in here uh, you know we just got to play us with Nita Baker just one time until our guests call in you think <laughs> oh, we, yes, we need th- us a little what, nigga what you feeling you I, bring I, me joy I, what you think let's go with that okay let's go we got to get oh, one well, I know actually, we said we not going to play our guest just called and said we're going to take a commercial break then we're going to come back and get our guests on, on oh, the line all right. I think this is what we're going to do all right. we'll be right back this is Alvin and Edelman on The Real 1100
1: Hi, I'm Dr. Carissa Hines of Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa, and I'm here to help you make sense of medicine. Join me every Thursday at 11 a.m. for clear, informative conversations about health issues. Don't be intimidated by fancy medical speak. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. to learn what questions to ask your doctor about your medical conditions. Call me and let's talk about your health. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. on Real 1100 AM. You can also call in at 404 603-8770 603-8770 with your medical questions.
3: All right, y'all. We back, we back. This is Alvin. Yeah, and Edmund. Here on the old fashioned health show where fashion meets health. Y'all, near the little drum roll, we got our guest on the line. Ernest. Hey,
5: hey, what's up, my brother? How you doing? Man, thank
3: what's you on, so much. Man? we doing great. How you doing in the Windy City, right?
5: Oh yeah, yeah, we we great out here. The weather is actually phenomenal. Uh, it's been that way this week, so you know we're enjoying it. We don't get it all the time.
4: <laughs> Look, I live enjoy in it
3: while you can. Man. I live in Chicago, so don't get too oh, excited because yeah. by six o'clock it could change. You know that, right?
4: I've heard right, of those, those right. Chicago <laughs> cold weather drops.
3: Oh boy, it ain't no cold right. like it is in Chicago. Will you tell them, man? That they cold said it hurt. And I, You know how yeah, you say fun. that? <laughs> yes, they win.
5: And we we only get like two to three months of good weather, y'all. Yeah, <laughs> it's rough. And, wow.
3: and, and and even in the summertime, I went to the Taste of Chicago one time doing uh right during the summer, and the temperature just dropped like I'm like, what is going on? Like, yep. yeah, yep. Uh, yeah. Orange man, I am so <laughs> so excited to have you as a guest on the show. This man is so receptive and understanding. When I uh, sent him, I reached out to him on TikTok, right? Was Instagram. T- Instagram. And, uh, yeah. you know, normally when you have people that, uh, that are doing as much as he's doing, he's really busy because you teach school too, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. So, Salute. It's, Salute. It's, it's,
3: yeah, it's hard to kind of reach him. And he has such a great story and the great information that he shared. I've watched you do your public speaking. My co-host, like, we, we shared and watched some of the videos and stuff. And uh, yep. you do a great job. And that, that one video that you had, the situation with the confrontation, that was a little hard to watch. Um, yeah, I will mm-hmm. have to give you props. You handle that quite well, way better than than most. Than most, yeah, probably <laughs> me. I ain't gonna even lie, better than me. Yeah, yeah, all right. So I want you to tell the people a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do, who you are, and then just relax and have a good time with. Yeah, okay. right. introduce yourself to our listeners.
5: Yeah. yeah, definitely. Again, it's a pleasure to be here. You all, and uh, for your listening audience out there, my name is Mister Ernest Crim the Third. Um, I go by. Uh, I call myself your favorite black history teacher, understanding that you probably never had a black history teacher. So I'll, I'll uh, rightfully take that crown. <laughs> I'm also a black history advocate. And um, for me and for my life, what I know and what I understand is for us as black folks and just anybody who's committed to equity in America, um, black history is the missing link. It's the the part of history that's often overlooked, not included in the story. And I make sure that I push this to, uh, to our kids and our community in a variety of different ways. So, first of all, I'm an educator. I've been doing that for 11 years now. I'm also a public speaker. I speak to kids, um, K through 12, but primarily middle school through college. I also consult educators on how to best approach and teach our kids. Um, I'm an author of Black History Saved My Life. Um, And again, really, everything that I do is a means to an end to improve our community. And I think the best way is to kind of take that Cartagena-Woodson approach and identify what we have been miseducated in Mm -hmm. so that we can understand that we are more than what, you know, uh, came here, according to their narrative in 1619. Mm -hmm. In fact, we have a a glorious and amazing history that stretches back hundreds of thousands of years prior to our unfortunate enslavement. Mm -hmm.
3: You know, uh, speaking of 1619, I did the 1619 Project as a whole series for about nine weeks on my show. Yeah. I learned so much Mm. about the 1619 Project. Uh, It was one of the things that was most fascinating was two things was the sugar cane, how it brought back the United States when it was about to go in under. And the way the highways are built to separate. Yeah that was like like 20 and 285 yeah. when I read 16, those highways yeah. were built to separate the black people from the white people.
5: Wow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny you even say that because I was recently, I was doing some research about Black Wall Street and I was always, you know, I was attempting to research it from a, a different standpoint because we all know what happened uh, between May 31st and June 1st. But what I was curious about is what happened afterwards and this is why like, you know, and again, when I say I'm a black history teacher and advocate, it's not because, you know, I know everything and that's what some people assume. It's because I'm curious about everything related to us and I do research extensively. Mm-hmm. And what I found out was over the next 50 years, y'all, uh, from 1921 to 1971, we engaged in Tulsa, Oklahoma in rebuilding our community. In fact, within 5 years, W.E.B. Du Bois said that it was vibrant. It was moving. It was it was back to what, you know, it could have been. Um but what happened was by the, the late 50s, they began to build the highways throughout the country. And, of course, they strategically picked to build, I believe it was, uh, don't quote me on this, but it might be the 244 highway through Tulsa, Oklahoma, in the Greenwood neighborhood. And they built it right through there. So uh, black folks in that community were forced to uproot, so give up their homes, give up their businesses, eminent domain, of course, and they're giving little in return. So that's been the story not just there but that's a story in chicago and like you said it segregated us but not just that but it also segregated our resources and took us out of our homes we're talking thousands of businesses which would equate to millions of dollars across the country maybe more than that y'all
4: mm. wow you, you had a question no i was just going to say that sounds similar to a lot of what's taking place today i mean just hearing yeah. you say that you know uh, Mm -hmm. you know metropolitan areas and cities and stuff like that you hear a lot of that you know where older people who have you know purchased homes and stuff are being moved out for a little until Mm -hmm. you know low amounts and then you know something else is built there so wow yeah so i have have a couple
3: i have a few questions i've been waiting on this interview uh i'm like really excited about the interview i like when people do their homework and do the history research instead of saying they don't know what's going on uh okay so let me ask you this um (laughs) Okay, the video that I saw. We won't hop on that long. We won't get that too much sauce because we want to make this kind of yeah. more about you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let me ask you this how How did you handle the confrontation in between the the white females that were calling you out of your name and stuff? Yeah, let me, how,
5: how did that happen? How did that happen? Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'll give you the back story. And again, man, it's, I don't mind anybody asking that question because that is about me, you know, because that that's the reason why I'm talking to you now, because um, when that incident happened, I decided that I couldn't be quiet anymore, you know. So, like, the earnest that speaks to you all today had always existed, but I, I don't believe I had the courage until I was probably at my lowest point in that situation. So, my wife and I, this was actually five years ago, um, July 30th, 2016. Wow. And my wife and I went to this event, and it was in Chicago, South Shore Cultural Center. If anybody Mm -hmm. knows about the south side of Chicago, it's primarily black, right? Um, especially the South Shore area, which is right next to the lake. And this event was no different. It was a primarily black event. Um, It was like a little day party, and we're both educated. So we decided we wanted to go here just to kind of enjoy ourselves before we went back to work in a few weeks. And um, towards the end of this event, we noticed there was an open cornhole game. Um, If my uh, listeners out there don't know what that is, that's like the beanbag game where you toss the beanbag into like a little box or whatever. So we went over there to play it, and unfortunately, we we then realized that even though the station was open, there was only one beanbag, which meant the group next to us, they pretty much took all of them because nobody else was using them. And this group had two two black, two white folks, four, four total. And after a few moments, someone in that group threw a bag very far. and we waited about five or six minutes and noticed that nobody grabbed it, so my wife went to go grab it so we could at least have two. And then from that moment, um, there was a white lady in a group who we now know to be Jessica Lynn Sanders. She approached us and came and just began yelling at us as if we had stolen her purse or something, y'all. It was like the most ridiculous thing ever. It, it, it felt personal as if she knew us. We had done something to her, like we slapped a mama or something, man. So it was like as soon as she came over there, she starts yelling at us and calling us, you know, just screaming at us and cursing. So we're going back and forth. And then she um, gets so frustrated that we did not give in to her request that she begins to call us the N-Word. And it was, you know, this was a day party, so there's loud music. We're kind of isolated in this area, and there are people who are, like, listening to music on the side, eating food. So nobody really knows what's going on. So me just understanding who I am as a black man in this country, and I'm a I'm a history, U.S. history teacher. I know my history, all this stuff. I took out my phone because to me it's like if I call somebody over, I don't believe that the cops would be there to help me, you know. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, she begins to call the cops over. So in my mind, I'm like, I want to make sure I have all of this documented, right? Mm-hmm. So and she's uh, she begins to call us the so word again. I take out my phone. I press record. I say, just keep saying it. Give me all your information. Eventually, get, gets so frustrated that she walks away, like she gestures, like you know, towards walking away. Then she turns and pivots and spits on us. And the reason why I probably did not now, of course, is it, layers to it, but for one, I have something in my hand. Um, two, you know, it, it, it got on me and my wife, both of us. And they were, she was with three other people. One of them was a guy that looked like he was about my age or a little bit younger. So in my mindset, growing up, you know, I've, I've been in some some fights in my lifetime. I'm thinking this probably isn't a smart thing to do when there's three other people there and she's calling the cops over. But more importantly, I understood that we were in the climate in 2016 where, you know, um, Mike Brown had happened, Trayvon Martin had happened, Eric Garner had happened. Two weeks before that incident, we had uh, Philando Castile. We had uh, Alton Sterling. Of course, we had Sandra Bland. So I'm thinking if I do anything to this white woman, this cop that's walking in this area, it's probably going to think that I'm the aggressive. Mm-hmm. And I felt like in that moment, I just had too much to live for. Cause I'm telling y'all, if I had reacted the way I wanted to my wife and I both, I believe I possibly could have been dead, could have been in jail. And I would not have, would not have the opportunity to speak about how important black history is for me and everybody else. And that's why I call my book, black history saved my life because in that instance, me knowing my past and who I was didn't cause me to sink into, uh, you know, this negative mindset that she wanted me to be in. So that's why over the next 15 months I fought the case. I fought the trial to ensure I got justice because I know for a fact I'm not not an N-word. You understand? So, like, we come from kings and queens and royalty and artisans and architects and artists and scientists. So, you know, that's my whole thing right there.
3: So um, before we go to break, you know, I told you we're going to have a break in, in a few minutes and then we're going to come back and let you finish up the rest of this. Um, what would, oh man, how, what would you tell another person, an, another person that may be in a situation like that? How to, how do you tell them, what do you tell them to do to try not to react? Uh, well, what not to do to not to react? And did, what kind of justice did you get? Did you sue this woman? Because I think it's a, a federal, it's a, an offense to spit on somebody. I think it's against the law to do that.
5: Right, yeah, so first off, I would honestly I tell people this when I, when I speak to uh kids, I let them know, even adults too, I let them know that there is really it's my perspective. I don't believe there's a right way to honestly approach this the situation. I think every situation is is slightly different because mm-hmm. in my situation, it was two versus four. Um, and if you look at the video and people can find this, if you just put in um, Chicago racist Jessica Sanders on YouTube, you'll see this video. She was almost sandwiched between her friends. So, like, it wasn't like just a one-on-one or two-on-one. It was a situation where it could have really got ugly. Um, Also, too, I'm always forward-thinking. Now, again, when I was 9 or 10, I would not have been thinking of this, but I'm thinking long-term. I got kids at home. I got students back in my hometown. I have something to live for. Um, When you fight as an adult, you have to understand that there are repercussions that go along with that. And racists in this country for they, they they try to bait us now. Back in the day, they would just just straight up on the street, and just kill us. Now we know, we know we see what's going on with cops right now and everything, and we know what goes on in some states where they have um standing ground. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times when they use that word, I think we need to understand that if they're using it and they're not following it with an action, they're attempting to bait us. <laughs> and that's exactly wow. what it is. So for people who are, who are ever in that situation, because whether you know it or not, you will be, whether it be explicitly called N-word or just um, discreetly through the systems that we're in, you have to understand that your, self, your self-worth is based on who you know yourself to be. So the quote that I live by is, if you don't know who you are, anybody can name you. And if anybody can name you, you're answering anything. We are not in this situation. We don't want. We don't want. It. We don't need martyrs right now. We need y'all to live and survive so you can tell your story and continue to to push for this. I would say take out your phone. If it's two of y'all, take out your phone. Somebody else get some other support or help. And what happened was it was a, a federal hate crime. So, but so, that depends. I'm so, sorry. Go ahead. So,
3: so one second. We're just gonna take this little quick FCC okay. break. We're gonna come right back. Stay on yeah. that because we need to hear the rest. I got a whole bunch more questions. Okay. All right. exactly. Just hold on one second. Gotcha. All right. All right.
5: eleven hundred.
3: The opinions expressed during the sponsored programs on this station are strictly those of the program hosts, guests, and callers,
4: and are not necessarily those of Beasley Broadcast Group, this station, its staff, other advertisers, or agencies.
3: All right, all right, we're back. Uh, Ernest, you there with us? Yes, sir. All right, y'all. So for you all that just maybe tuning in. We got Mister Ernest Grimes the Third on here with us, man. Okay, okay. finish the story.
5: Yeah. So. Um, When this incident happens, understanding that I have footage and and me and my wife, we did not uh, respond violently. I have proof of what happened. But initially at that event, she was just kicked out. We didn't have any information about who she was. So I posted online, as you can imagine, that goes viral. That's also the same year where Trump was on a campaign trail. So people were just like on alert to this type of stuff. So it took y'all two, two and a half months, believe it or not, to get her arrested. And we have to realize that, and I'll use my story as an example. What we're trying to fight for, y'all, could take years. It could take generations. We are just carrying the baton from freedom fighters from the past. Mm-hmm. We're not going to get everything we want just in this lifetime and this generation, but we've got to do enough to pass it all. So day by day, I was getting information from people online. I was feeding it to the detective. She got arrested in mid-October 2016. Then I had to wait another year to 2017 after several pushbacks to even go to trial. And then we have to understand when you go through a trial, you're trusting in the system, something I've never done in my life, but I still don't trust in the system. Mm-hmm. But i told myself internally that I'm going to try this route. I'm going to try this because more so it's a test for me to be persistent. So, if you can care about something for 15 months, <laughs> if you can push through for 15 mm-hmm. months with this, then what can you not do? Right, this is what I'm saying to myself. Yeah. So I didn't have any faith in them, but I did tell myself. I ain't tell anybody this before except for my wife, but I said if they did not... Give her some type of sentence. I wasn't going to be the one leaving with a sentence in that courtroom. <laughs> somebody get something about it, huh? Some, somebody get a lockdown like today. So, <laughs> so what, what,
3: uh, <laughs> what did they give her? What did she end up getting? What, what, what did she get?
5: Right. So she got three months um, in Cook County. So they dropped the hate crime charge, which is still beyond me. Like I And the reason why they could do that is honestly because we have to understand that the law is based on interpretation because the same supreme court that said that things can be separate but equal is the same supreme court that said okay now we need to desegregate the school system there's the same supreme court that also said well dre scott you can't sue because you are black and you don't have any rights that we have to respect now this wasn't the supreme court but what i'm saying is anybody in a position of power politically they have the authority to interpret things the way they want to. And that's where we need to make sure that we enter these spaces because if that had been a black judge or just a judge of any race with any common sense, in my opinion, they would have understood that that was a blatant hate crime. But I believe that he felt more... Um, he, I don't believe he could empathize with me on that aspect. And his, his ruling was, since he could not prove in his mind that she went there with the sole intention of doing that, then it wasn't worthy of a hate crime, which to
3: me is crazy. (laughs) Well, I mean, (laughs) sounds crazy to me, too. I mean, but I know she was quite uncomfortable getting three months in jail, though.
5: Oh, yeah. And again, I I emphasize Cook County. So if y'all need to know about Cook County, jail, just Google Mm. it. (laughs) And she
3: looked like she was one of the preppy, uh, privileged type people. So, you know, Cook County was not nice for her and her group at all.
5: Not at all. Not at all.
3: So were you able to sue her as well?
5: That's that's a great question, um, and that's a question a lot of people don't ask. So I did have an attorney, and I was um, I was initially going to pursue a civil lawsuit. For one, I should say this that the state's attorney, who was separate from my own, my own attorney, they didn't think that she would get any time at all. They were actually preparing me to for the likelihood that she would just get out like community service or fine. So that was historic. In a, in a, even though I believe she should have got more time. It was a story because when you saw that story the next day, you saw a black man with his black wife sitting next to a white woman with a uh, with a jumpsuit going to prison in her mugshot. So immediately after that, I had a discussion with my attorneys, and they let me know that, for one, she likely did not have that many assets. Um, and two, and this was, a, this was really my determining factor, they told me that a civil suit could take years. So this trial only took a year and three months. Through that process, I started publicly speaking and so on and so forth. But they said through the civil suit, you would not be able to speak publicly to the media about this case. And they would not recommend that I speak to schools or anything else. And I told them no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I told them I can't agree to that. And I, t- mm-hmm. and I told them because my, my freedom of my voice, um, something that my ancestors died for, people got killed for. Um, people were lynched for speaking up. You know, I, I said I'm not willing to sacrifice that to potentially make a little money. I'm going to bet on myself and, and use my voice to help and inspire people. So. Wow.
3: Man, this is so. So you, the name of your book again. I love the name of your book.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Black History Saved My Life. How My Viral Hate Crime Led to an Awakening. Yep.
4: And where, where can the listeners check out the book and, and locate it? In well, the he purchase? sent me one uh, already signed. I'm just saying. That's dope. I, like right, that. I,
5: I got. I got, to send, I got to send. you one too, bro. I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I why you ain't tell me ain't, now, because I, I, no, I, no, I want no, you, man, no, so no, no, show you, my
4: No, you good. You, you tell me where to <laughs> go to purchase it. No, mine's signed already. <laughs> you That's cool. cool. Sign He'll it. sign mine after I purchase it. When that when that link goes, you through, got to go Through he will sign it. You got
3: to go to Taste of Chicago to get him to sign the book, or go to a history class. That too. <laughs> well, we're gonna we're gonna
4: start with the book. Right. So
3: wait, you can know. Uh,
5: you, go ahead. You, yeah, you can purchase this book at Cram dot com, and that's e r n e s t c r i m as in man dot com, or you can go to Amazon. Dot com. Um, if you want to personalize an autograph, you got to get it through me on my website, com. Okay.
4: okay. Yeah. All right. Well, they know where to go. Check it out <laughs> and support you and get this information and all of that history and knowledge and stuff that they don't, you know, necessarily uh, give us that insight on in the school in the school system. So maybe, you know, some of the listeners out there have a connection where they can actually get some of your books into the school systems and, uh, you know, enlightening and teach a and lot that. of the minds of that black oh, heart. That they
5: we're don't even not want the book.
4: What's, the, what's what they fighting now? They don't even want uh, um,
3: black history being taught. They don't want. Uh, yeah,
5: uh, that's racism. why this book
3: is important. Yeah, but the book. Tell yeah, them about and, and, Tell and them they, what they're trying to do in the school system with this class. Yeah,
5: they. Here's the thing. They're not going to see. they Here's what we got to understand, y'all. Is black folks and people that are committed to equity and anti-racism, they won't explicitly tell you that, but they'll use words that imply, it. you know, like you, you cannot say no black folks allow, but then you can create policies like redlining and so on and so forth. Right. So what they do is they're called, they're referring to it as um, critical race theory. Yeah. Right. And if you look up what critical race theory is, I didn't know what it was until the because I'm like, what, what, what in the world is critical I race I know, I'm saying theory? the same thing. what <laughs> you make that up. Here? Right. So honestly, all critical race theory says is, it says uh, that U.S. history starts with the foundation of racism. That's it. It, it. it looks at it from that lens. And honestly, what we need to really do is get rid of like, – the way it's worded to me is problematic because it's not a theory. It's a fact that, you know, starting with Columbus in 1492, um, then you go to, you know, 1619. Black people were brought over here for the purpose of enslavement, to provide free labor. That's an undeniable fact right there. It's also a fact that we have been here before then and we have now had these issues here as well. So critical race, theory just say is that we teach it from that standpoint. So people have a more nuanced view. And what the, the problem that some politicians are having is it, it refutes this narrative that America has always been exceptional or is exceptional. It really says America has a lot of problems that are not resolved to this day. Um, and if you get my book, what you're going to understand is you're going to get an autobiographical, historical narrative because I'm tell- I'm showing you what I went through from the age of six to that hate crime, the racist incidents I dealt with, and I'm giving you the backstory historically of what led us to that because we don't, but we have to understand too is we live within the context of our time. We didn't control the world we were born into. I'm born in the '80s. I'm born in the midst of Reaganomics and the crack era. Right. I'm born in the in, in the midst of the three strike laws being imposed and so on and so forth. So we have to get that. And whether they pass these laws or not, we're going to make sure our kids get this knowledge. Because, honestly, that type of um, what they're trying to do is absolutely criminal. And it shows that knowledge is the most important thing we need as a foundational piece. There's a reason why it was illegal for us to read. And I think we're still seeing that to this day. I
3: don't understand why uh, I don't understand why like for instance um, even when it comes to man okay a couple of things. even when it comes to the voting how how do we convince our people that it just as important as reading is it's important that we play a part in the political climate of trying to vote to get this redlining out of place to get these things that we need to get uh, put in place to help us how, why is it so hard or how do we convince especially in Chicago not just Chicago just convincing yeah. our people to yeah to actively understand that your vote is important because if it wasn't, they wouldn't be trying to take it away from you.
5: Yeah, it's, it's really every, every major city, man. You know, there's a reason why we've congregated in these major cities, man. It's where our people are. It's, it's where we were accepted. And, and I'll honestly coming at it from this perspective, because I've, as soon as I could vote, I voted. I have parents that encouraged it. My family encourages it and everything. But having people who have been directly impacted by the system and understanding American history, I think our perspective is like: when has voting worked for us in the long term? Is what a lot of people probably think, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that we see we see it from the outside looking in, but also not realizing that there are a lot of times when voting has particularly worked for us. I mean, look, I'm I'm not somebody who particularly champions Abe Lincoln because. When you vote for somebody, you also have to force them to do certain things, right? right. But but if if you if you don't have the Abe Lincoln, you're not going to have somebody who's um, going to listen to a, a Frederick Douglass, who was like a, a the person who encouraged him to sign the Emancipation Proclamation Act. So you have to have somebody who is at least willing to work for you, mm. who's at least willing to call these things out. Um, you know, you need to have people in the office like a, a LBJ. Lyndon Bain Johnson, as opposed to a Richard Nixon, at that standpoint. Again, mm-hmm. these folks are far from perfect. Most of them, I don't really like <laughs> the vast <laughs> majority of the presidents. Right. But Dr. King would not be able to convince LBJ to pass those things without having somebody who would at least listen. You know. Right. So I think what we have to do, and again, as an educator, I think the problem is we teach principles of that are outside of our existence. Because when I taught government class, all we focused on was. The federal government. All we focus on is the president, the mm-hmm. Congress. Mm-hmm. You know, people we are hardly even come across, right? They have an important right. role, but what about your mayor, city council member? What about your your uh, county, your township, right. your alderman? Your, you know, all that type of stuff. So, like, I think that what we if, what we can do to transform things is let our kids know how local politics work because then when they see why their water bill is high <laughs> or right. why this bill is high while the roads aren't being repaired oh, to William me Park then you begin to change things naturally from, mm-hmm. from the inside out
3: so uh this uh, i want to actually know i'm gonna give you a break after this um tell me what your thought is i saw that the lady that was uh, one of the people that um Work with Black Lives Matter has stepped down, and I was having a conversation with one of the doctors on our network yesterday about that. And it's like it's kind of hard to manage the the whole purpose of Black Lives Matter when you have people at the top of Black Lives Matter that have been accused of, you know, uh, stealing money and stuff like that. And then the doctor I was talking to yesterday is like. I don't. It's hard for me. Hard for for them to support Black Lives Matter because they see all this negative stuff that they do. So, what's your thoughts? What are we gonna do? Since uh, how how do we handle that and, and handle trying to make Black Lives Matter still have a purpose? Uh, right. If if you think it even has a purpose, what's your thoughts?
5: Yeah, that's a great question, man. I think um, I think for one, we have to do, distinguish between Black Lives Matter. Um, there are three things, right? Black Lives Matter national. Mm -hmm. organization Mm -hmm. black lives matter local networks, and then black lives matter the phrase the statement the meaning behind it just Mm -hmm. the 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 statement in general you know i would i would challenge people to say what if there was an organization and i'm not sure if it was called the civil rights era when people were actually living through it Mm -hmm. but just imagine that there was an organization in the sixties called the civil rights movement organization that would convolute a lot of things and I think that's where we are right now. Because whenever you see a national organization, mm. you want to first figure out well, who's funding them? Right. Um, <laughs> who's giving them money? Same right. thing with any politician. Treat non- y'all. Let's treat nonprofits the same way we treat politicians. The same way we should treat a church. Like who's donating? And if and if you're demanding certain things and they're not getting it done, it's probably because the people who are giving them money wouldn't uh, would frown upon that. Same thing with politicians. If you want a politician to work for you and you kind of agree with that person, you need to start donating to their campaign, (laughs) get some people together and and, 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 and form that PAC and donate. Um, My my issue with the Black Lives Matter National Organization is it just seems as if they are disconnected with what's going on on the ground level in a lot of these cities. I know people in Black Lives Matter organizations locally, like cities, Mm. counties, and they are really getting some work done but there's a disconnect and I'm just not too confident that they have done enough to put pressure on politicians. Cause if we say to me, black lives matter that to me, that means you restore and repair what was damaged. Mm-hmm. But what it seems like is it's just an organization that may be just receiving money from people we never heard of to maintain the status quo. It's not enough to hold a sign. It's not enough to hashtag like our look, Another example, Tulsa, Oklahoma, they destroyed it, tore it down. There was a hotel there, uh, I think it was by J.B. Strafford. that could be worth millions upon millions of dollars now. And recently they built a $30 million facility to remember the event. But none of the people who survived and none of their descendants have ever received any <laughs> reparations. Wow. The community hasn't either. So what good is it to have an organization well what good is it to say Black Lives Matter if you're not
4: backing it up with something substantial?
3: Mm. Wow, Say out for bro. See, that's what I'm talking about, I, I, I'm glad you broke it down like that because I, I, one of the doctors is actually listening to you. Uh, uh, the one, not the, well, the one that was earlier today, not her, but one of the other doctors. Was, uh, we, we was, I was telling her to make sure she listened to the show today because we had this debate about what is the purpose of Black Lives Matter and is it making a difference? And I'm like you. Uh, or it some people in the small community where it is and then the name itself mm-hmm. does mean I matter. But anything right. between that and higher than that is like y'all just, what y'all, do? Yeah, what y'all doing with our money? You know, you asked us to give you money and then right. you just go to a rally and pull up a couple of signs is a little disturbing, you know. But it's just like the Susan G. Coleman uh, organization and yeah. in, in the in the livestock <laughs> organization. Susan was stealing money from them people uh, for cancer and then uh, Armstrong was uh they accuse them of, you know, doing drugs and stuff while doing it. So their organization is just like our, the organization we have now that's struggling. So it's just that the struggle for us is going to be more impactful and look more negative than theirs. And they're doing the same thing. Yeah,
5: my that's a great opinion, point, man. You know? But, the, point. but
4: another point is the fact that you have brought this information to the forefront and you say you actually have connections within the smaller areas that you see mm-hmm. the work is being done. And just hearing your conversation and your story and, and just in who you are, you are an individual that I see putting that that good energy and that knowledge and that history and everything behind it where you are. So it, it starts there, too. I get these larger, you know, um, type organizations that, that come in and, you know, save everything and I get all that, but it starts with just that one person who plants that seed in someone's ear and you can do this, you can be this, or this is how you do that, you know. So just yes, we, we, we salute you for what you're doing. And I appreciate you coming, you know, coming on the air today and talking about your story as well as your book, man. Much success with that. And one more time, please give Thank the you. listeners an opportunity to purchase that from you or get in contact with you, whether it be for booking um, or whatever you need, you know, as far as getting yourself out there to continue yeah. to use that voice.
5: Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I definitely want to continue to do some work. Um in the South. I want to come down there to Atlanta. So, all the listeners out there, if you know some schools that need a speaker a consultant, please let me know because I would love to impact you all. You can purchase the book Black History Save My Life at um, Amazon.com or ErnestCram.com. That's C R I M.com. I'll autograph it for you and send it right out. So, you can also follow me on social media at MRCram3. I'm on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of that. Um, And, yeah, any emails, info at ErnestCram.com. It's a pleasure talking with you all. You as well.
3: Thanks so much, man. And uh, he's going to be on Trying Success podcast, y'all, just so you know. We're going to follow up with this, and you can see him again live on uh, on on, uh, Trying Success. Ernest, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate you. Thank you for sharing all this information, and I will be in touch with you. And I'm gonna go home and, and take a picture of my book and show it to everybody.
5: <laughs> do that. I appreciate yeah. it. Y'all take care. Yeah. Now. All right, be, safe be
3: blessed, life. man. All right, all right, y'all. <clears throat> you heard it here live, man. That was some great information. History is one of the uh, things I think is Black history. If we know where we came from, then we'll know where we're going and we'll know what not to do. All right, so we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna get us a little music for the next few minutes and then we're gonna uh, yeah we're gonna take this on and have a good time. Ernest, thank you again so much for calling in. We really appreciate you. We'll be right back.
2: Just for Pets Wellness Center reminds old-fashioned health listeners and pet owners to never leave pets unattended inside a parked vehicle, not even for a quick errand. Temperatures can rise to dangerous levels fast. Visit our website for more information at www.just4petsfl.vet or give us a call at 239-270-5721.
3: Bit of a we, can't, we can't
4: play much. She said, "Don't play much of her stuff because they still ain't gave her her." her. Um, actually, she said, "Don't play it at all, and don't purchase it." But we, we just had to hear that voice. I,
3: like, we that we was already a, had
2: it, so
4: right. It was already. Right. We didn't make a purchase. It was
2: already in <laughs> <right>. That's <laughs> we what already I was thinking, it. Greg. It was, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, we, we yeah, yeah. We didn't. We didn't yeah. do a new download. So we, get, we get that. Right.
3: Yeah, we can play that. a little bit. No yeah. doubt. Greg, what you think of the interview? What you think about? It? Do you think you could have handled um that situation the way that you know lady spent on him?
2: uh i'd like to think i would have because i i agree with him that people who um who try to use the n-word try to bait yep. white people into something right I, I think that happens that that is the point of using it because it's it's like whatever else you're saying isn't getting a reaction out of me so they're going to try that to get a reaction mm-hmm. out of me so yeah. i like i if more black people are aware of that in those kind of situations, then um, they can do you know what he did as far as like not not giving the, the reaction that they want.
4: Because
3: mm-hmm. yeah. he he thought about it he thought about it really well. Because I'm not sure if I could have thought about it that far out. I mean he he went through all of the things about this how this could go. Yeah,
4: you know, and that was, that was good. I mean, I mean I he he like thought so far into the. Future all I of that about is is the situation. how he's gonna look one
2: because even if he's in the right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, even of, if it's justified it it's then I mean it, it a lot of people will see it that oh well, you know, he was
4: mm-hmm.
2: he was justified to do what he did, but in the eyes of the law, like he said, it's open to interpretation. It's open to it interpretation. It doesn't have to be that. They they can it can be made to not look that way.
3: And then if I could, you imagine me slapping a, a slapping a, a white woman that spit on me. Even though they saw her spit on me, they'd be like, "Now you didn't have to hear her." Well, well, okay, and you bigger than her.
2: <laughs> There's this one podcast <laughs> I listened to where this guy says, like, he's like, my dad told me, and he grew up in Texas. Uh, he's like, my dad told me. If someone spits on you mm-hmm. or kicks you, you have the right to kill them.
3: And what color was he? Black. All right. <laughs> yeah, all right. Because
2: it, it's about the, I think spitting on someone is, I don't know Just, if it's the ultimate sign of disrespect, uh, but it is disrespect.
3: I'm going to tell you, I ain't going to even lie. I, I'm not even trying to think ahead. I ain't gonna even lie I'm just gonna take one for the team I'm gonna tear that ooh <laughs> I, ain't gonna even, I ain't gonna even lie so I'm just letting y'all know early you can just run your little bait but you're gonna pay for the bait that you just You just. You just you is you,
2: temporary insanity still a thing oh yeah Does I got exist? that in my back pocket yeah temporary insanity standing <laughs> my own
3: ground like I, I blacked that. out blacked <laughs> out and then I'm gonna start foaming at the mouth <laughs> and fall out and roll out and start cu- to call, speaking in tongue and everything I got through whooping that bus. <laughs> <laughs> I think that should work as a, like a temporary insanity thing right that should work yeah that'll work so what you going to do for the weekend? Oh, wait a minute. Listen, y'all, we got a show. I got to tell you about the show tomorrow. The young lady is com- that's coming in on the show tomorrow. Y'all, we're going to be live streaming tomorrow, so y'all get a chance to watch us in the studio. We're going, we're going to get hair and makeup this evening, so we'll be ready for <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> so the show, the show we got tomorrow uh, is this young girl, young lady. She, um, her, her story is about the stress of being a teen, the struggles of being a teen. And she's written this book. Her book is its not that thick. It's a small book, but that that thing packs a punch. That It's just like leaving two or three words like, wow, that was so good. But she wrote the book. At, um, she'll be on tomorrow. So, y'all, make sure you tune in tomorrow. We're going to be live streaming. And I want to make sure I get her name, get my glass. You know we have to wear glasses. Right? see. <laughs> but uh, her, the name of her book is The Struggles uh, of a Teenager. And she's going to be here tomorrow, and her name is Janae Cooper. Janae Cooper, in case you're listening to her. So we're looking forward to seeing you tomorrow. She's going to be here with us, and we're going to have some fun. I asked her, so, Janae, what kind of music you want to listen to? She said, whatever music we play, we're going to play. She said, I can go from old and new. Now, mind you, she ain't that old. So All I'm like, right. We're going to see, see, see what she's see, talking see what she about she's she So she's going to talk about her book, yeah. the, and we'll have a good time tomorrow. So that's what we're doing tomorrow. Greg, what's your plans for the weekend?
2: Uh, get plenty of uh, sleep.
3: Sleep? You're not working this weekend? Nope. Let me tell y'all what I saw. Um, this is when I know we was getting back to normal. I saw a baseball game, and the stadium was full, and the people were making noise, and the, they was hitting the balls like, "Wow, we almost back to normal."
2: <laughs> what said. seeing the uh, uh, shout out to the Atlanta Hawks mm-hmm. closed out the series last night. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was there was people at State Farm Arena. Yeah, but the games at Madison Square Garden when they packed. It felt, it felt like there was a hundred thousand people yeah there.
3: Man, I, swear, I mean <laughs> they was packed it was like like it was a World Series game they were they were in the house and let me tell you we gotta get so Jackson State is playing in Miami in uh, Labor Day I'm going to be all up in there. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm going to get my second shot on Friday, y'all. Get my second COVID shot.
4: Not you. Yeah, I'm going to get my second. I t- listen, I got <laughs> no, to I'm not talking about the shot part. I'm saying you're saying you going to Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Jackson okay. State.
3: You know, I, I forgot to ask. I forgot to ask um, at, uh, Ernest what school he went to. But, yeah, so we're going to be in the house Uh, September. be out there. Yeah, all that. All right, y'all. So uh, we had a great day today. Great show. I really appreciate you. Great Thank you so much. So we're going to be live in Technicolor tomorrow. You going to get a haircut or something? Did you say in Technicolor?
4: Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, that's old school. Is it Technicolor and... um, I don't know which one is it, Technicolor? Yeah, it was Technicolor. I think that's what used to come on before He-Man, the cartoon came on. (laughs) And that sound. I am Adam. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Castle Great Scott. She right. All
3: right, y'all. Well, we're going to... Close it out here. Appreciate you all so much for listening to the Old Fashioned Health Show. Thanks for tuning in. Health. We will see you all tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Make sure you all tune in and uh, listen to Janae Cooper. We're, we're, we're out. This is Alvin. And Edmund. On The Real 1100.
2: Thank you for listening to this special edition of Old Fashioned Health on The Real 1100. We hope the information provided will help in every way possible. For more information, please visit oldfashionedhealth.com. Tune in at this time next week and stay safe.